and welcome to the Chorus into Chaos. My name is Blake, and coming at you tonight with a little bonus content. We are still in our mid-season break for our regular series, and so I thought I'd pop on and just give a, a short kind of talk about something that's dear to my heart as a father uh, and as a pastor, uh, and that's something that should be dear to every parent's heart, uh, and that's the consideration that leading our families involves regular church attendance. In fact, uh, it is my belief that when church is optional, uh, we're really setting up our kids to fail uh, spiritually. Now, of course, we know a little chorus in the chaos nuance here. We know that going to church is not an automatic that your kid is going to grow up and know the Lord and love the Lord and all of those things. Uh, but what we're talking about is uh, the vitamins of the Christian life. Uh, you know, you take vitamins every day and you never really see the benefit that you receive from them because you're taking them daily and who knows what strength it is building into you. Uh, church attendance is, is kind of like that. Uh, when you attend, when you fellowship with the saints, when you hear God's word preached, when you worship together, when you encourage one another, uh, it's these vitamins to your soul. Uh, and not just to you, but uh, to your children also. Uh, how about a Baptist saying that, right? Uh, I'm reminded of a, a story when I was kind of beginning in uh, sen like the senior pastor role or lead pastor role, uh, primary preaching elder, if you want to put it that way. Um, I had a man approach me uh, that had a couple of kids in the youth group, and um, it was kind of coming into the spring, and he said, hey, pastor, I just wanted to let you know uh, that we won't be at church for the next three months uh, because my girl is playing uh, travel ball, and most of their games are on Sunday. We have practices throughout the week and all that stuff. And I remember hearing that and my stomach just dropping. And it wasn't really shock so much. Um, I'd heard this statement before. Uh, I was a youth pastor for five years, and so uh, variations of this story <laughs> I'd heard quite often. Uh, sports, plays, bands, fundraisers, on and on goes the list of programs and distractions that would inevitably you know, take the family out of church for a season. Uh, as I began talking to this, this guy, uh, you know, I tried to... Um, encourage him to, to reconsider, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't having it. There was, there was no talking him down. Uh, I explained to him in kind of hushed tones, you know, the importance of his role as the father uh, to set the standard for his children. I talked about the importance of putting the Lord first. I talked about the importance of attending, you know, the local church, those Hebrews uh, 13, 17 principles. Uh, but standing before me was just a, a father and a husband who, um, instead of leading his family, was doing more to inflict spiritual wounds on them than he was actually to build them. Uh, I remember him saying to me, uh, clear as day, well, they're saved, so you know what else is there? And he said it kind of jovially. I think the moment had gotten kind of intense and he was trying to cut through the intensity of it. But really, we had gotten down to the root of the matter. 
that this man thought that it was salvation, that the gospel was simply a get out of hell free card, and that there was nothing else for his family uh, in a church setting. Um, I tried to encourage him, you know, that being there as, as a family uh, would do more for them in the long run than this sport would. Um, I was begging him to trust me for that, <laughs> but he snapped back. Uh, and this time it was in a much more serious tone. And he said, you know, well, they, you know, his kids, you know, they need to learn teamwork and stuff also. You know, we exchanged a few more words and then he walked out and he had his children and his wife in tow. Well, we saw the kids at a couple more youth events uh, and then never again. Pastorally, I still ache thinking about that exchange and others that I've had like it. Uh, as a believer who considers uh, the gathering of the saints as a commanded and valuable and necessary privilege of grace, I had always struggled uh, with these talks, and I suppose that I, I still do. I'm stupefied at how readily professing believers throw God on the back burner, uh, especially when the heart of their children is on the line. Uh, where did we go wrong in all of this? Uh, I talk a lot about American Christian culture, uh, which I would say is separate, but sometimes interweaved into you know the the church proper. Uh, where did we go wrong? Uh, how can we sing on Sunday morning that Jesus is my all in all and then decide to sacrifice uh, these glorious life-giving truths of the gospel? on the bloody altar of hobbies. At what point did we uh, make it so that Christian parents uh, would exchange the instruction, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus for keep your eyes on the ball. And yeah, I don't want this to be a, uh, I don't want this to be a rant against hobbies <laughs> and the evils of hobbies. Uh, and I should say this, I probably should have said this right off the bat. There's nothing inherently wrong with sports uh, or any other kind of hobby, uh, so long as it doesn't violate God's law, as so long as it doesn't push God out of our lives and out of our hearts. I, I'm a huge Phillies baseball fan. I'm an avid hunter. Uh, two very strong reasons to dislike me, probably. Uh, you know, I wrestled with these tensions between hobbies and church for a lot of years. I mean, from the time I became a Christian uh, into pastoral ministry and all that. And in my own life, I kind of saw the the pendulum swinging in extremes. Uh, you know, in one time in my life, I was in the, you know, it doesn't matter uh, to swinging further to the all hobbies are evil and they pull people away from God. Um, I'd like to think that today through studying God's word, I now have I now have a more uh, a biblical understanding. I don't believe that skipping out on the Lord's Day service is ever appropriate unless it's divinely organized. And we've talked about that in other podcast episodes. That's things like sickness, uh, you know, hospitalization, acts of mercy. Uh, you know, if you go back to season one of our podcast, we did kind of a whole episode on this. Um, but Sunday is a special day for God's people, and it ought to be treated like a special day and not just a second Saturday. Uh, this means that hobbies should fall second to the things of God. Uh, this thought is certainly countercultural, 
my unsaved family members think I'm crazy uh, because every hunting season, I come down out of the mountains with my wife and my kids. We shower at a truck stop and we attend uh, the service at a small uh, rural church in the nearest town, effectively wasting the entire day, <laughs> wasting in, in quotes. Uh, and I love it every time. I love being able to go and to gather with God's people uh, that are my family that I haven't gotten to know yet. Now, admittedly, there are times when I'm driving down the mountain pass and thoughts of uh, big mule deer bucks that I'm missing out on trot through my mind. Um, but then the truth hits me. Uh, Psalm 76, 4, glorious are you, God, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. You know, hobbies and convenience are no reason to disobey clear command in Hebrews 10, 25. Not even hunting season. I don't even want, ever want, my kids thinking that we vacation from God. I believe that the problem is not sports or the hobby itself. The problem is often, I think, just the, the forgetfulness of parents. And one of the big problems is that parents have forgotten uh, who is responsible for their kids' spiritual well-being. Being. Uh, children are a heritage and a blessing from the Lord, Psalm 127, 3 through 5. And as a gift from the Lord, they are to be handled and cared for as precious beings made in the image of God, Genesis 1:27. It is the parents that are commanded in Scripture to discipline their children, Proverbs 25, 19, and teach them what they are to know about God, Proverbs 22, 6, as well as Deuteronomy 6, 7. It's the parent's responsibility to introduce their children to the scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Oddly, in all of the passages uh, that we read about raising children, nowhere are these responsibilities shifted to the church. If I must give an account for my family, and I will, that I must take these responsibilities seriously. I think parents uh, have forgotten uh, the purpose of, of things like youth ministry, because it's very easy to be in this mindset of, well, I, I'll check my kid into youth ministry. I'll have them in, a, in Sunday school. I'll have them in Awana. I'll have them in youth group when they grow out of Awana, and then hopefully that will get them set up. Um, you know, we can argue the, the validity of, of youth ministry all day. I know some people are very pro-youth ministry. Other people are anti-youth ministry. Uh, but most of us should at least agree, as I mentioned above, uh, or before, rather, uh, that youth group is not an acceptable substitute for godly living and training at home. Uh, I'm the first to recognize that there are a lot of bad youth programs out there. However, youth ministry itself in its purest form, is meant to come alongside parents and helping them equip and to meet and reinforce the spiritual needs and the habits of their children. And those habits are habits that are learned at home. Unfortunately, instead of being used as a helpful tool, a lot of youth ministry is often used as a substitute spiritual guide. It's a sad day when spiritual care of kids 
is pawned off onto the church who having them for an hour or two hours, maybe each week is supposed to make up for a lack of spiritual vitality and spiritual leadership at home. Is it any wonder that these kids get bored and fall away? It is even less of a wonder that upon the child falling away, that the blame is often placed directly on the lap of the church. Imagine if parents took to regularly praying with, studying with, and investing spiritually in their kids as much as we invest in other things. Parents have forgotten the, the purpose of the local church gathering. When parents choose to enroll their children in programs that will directly violate the clear commands of Hebrews 10.25, it's a sign that they have forgotten the purpose of the local church. It's, it's easy to say, you know, blank is more fun than church. The kids enjoy it more. Totally forgetting, of course, that the purpose of the church is not to entertain us, Gathering together fulfills a much greater purpose than simply uh, something to do on Sunday morning, uh, as long as, of course, there's nothing else going on. Uh, Mark Dever uh, summarized the purpose of the church gathering uh, in this way in his book, uh, A Theology of the Church, page 809, if you'd like to look up the reference. The proper ends for the local congregation's life and actions are the worship of God the edification of the church, and the evangelization of the world. These three purposes, in turn, serve the glory of God. Fourthly, parents have forgotten their greater affections. I'm concerned for parents who know the Lord, or at least profess the Lord, and yet don't have a hunger for their children to know him deeply. Most Christians profess that they love God. First uh, John 4.19 reminds us that we love because he first loved us. In fact, uh, love for God and love for others is the most prominent uh, marks of the believer, uh, John 13.5. Jesus says in John 14.5, If you love me, keep my commandments. Simply put then, Christian, the Christian life is marked by love. Consider the fact that Jesus lived and died and rose on your behalf. He died as the propitiation for your sins, satisfying that divine wrath of the Father that would have justly fallen on you, 1 John 2.2, 2, had his mercy not spared you. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins. And then you were made alive by Christ, Ephesians 2, 1. When you were born again, then Christ took, you, took out that old uh, stone heart and replaced it with a heart of flesh that would worship and honor and, and commune with and glorify him, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. You were bought with a price, believer. And you are no longer your own, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Jesus and his commands are everything to the believer. 
And it is that love and passion for Jesus that we should be demonstrating and passing down to our children. My dear friend, if you are listening, as much as I like baseball, as much as I love hunting, neither of those things have done what Jesus has done for me. When I pull my children away from the things of God, something as simple as attending church, which is, uh, again, that's like, basic Christianity. That's Christianity 100, attending church. When I take my children away from the things of God for the sake of hobbies, I'm not loving God and I'm not loving them. I'm programming them. I'm programming them to be satisfied with lesser affections. I am programming them to fail spiritually. Parents, we, uh, we need to stop. We need to stop programming our children to fail in spiritual things by substituting spiritual things with an excess of programs. Now, say that 10 times fast. We need to get back to reminding ourselves of our responsibilities and showing our children that true joy is found in the presence of King Jesus. And that is at home. That's at the local gathering. That's everywhere. Lord bless you all. I hope this has been helpful. This is the Chorus in the Chaos. I'm Blake. Have a great rest of the day.